Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Good Saturday morning and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I am Ted Gioka and we are talking savings investments in your retirement. The Max Out Savings Show is all about savings and investment. And, and really, our motto is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term, to save aggressively and invest conservatively. Uh, today, we got a lot to talk about in the show, as always. Uh, we're live here in Houston, Texas. We'll be taking calls. We're going to be discussing uh, what's happening in, in the world. We're going to talk about the stock markets. We're going to be talking about op- the OPEC settlement. Oil prices have moved higher. Uh, we're, we're talking about... Um, about you know we're we're coming into week four one month into the uh in into the new election of, of president elect trump a lot of exciting things happening there uh week four of the revolution and uh the uh it, it keeps getting better and so uh we're really uh, you know what a uh touch base on uh, you know where do i start do we talk about savings investment you know, let's really. I tell you what. You know, we we cover some of the politics, uh, in in in, in oftentimes that uh, you know, some of my people and something like Ted don't don't talk so much about politics, but I you know I enjoy it. But one of the reasons I I bring up some of the political stuff in this show is. When we started this show 10 years ago, nobody was talking about savings. The savings rate was at zero. And I felt like, hey, we need to bring this up. We need to talk about it. And our main focus is savings and investments. But what what the politics, the one reason I bring up politics is because our media has just – they come up with the most ridiculous things. They, they've been completely wrong in their analysis. And I listen to this and I'm like, this makes no sense. And so I, I, I want to bring what my thoughts are sometimes to politics because I, it's not that I, I think I'm the smartest guy in the world, but these other people are either completely stupid or utterly biased. And I'm not sure which it is. And, you know, when you're a land of midgets, you know, the tall person or, you know, regular height person is the giant. And, 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 and honestly, this has just been unbelievable with the media in this country. And uh, uh, so I, I thought I would start out with a couple thoughts on Trump and uh, the and how this relates to your investments, how it relates to your life. And I, I really genuinely believe this is a revolution with Donald Trump. And I think where this thing started from is somehow in the United States of America, we moved away from governing for the people, something that that was put in place by our forefathers to govern for the people in this country, that the government would never – I mean they had a a declaration. It started with the Declaration of Independence. It went on to the Constitution, to the Bill of Rights. I mean, these people started out with a blank piece of paper and built the greatest country in the world. No, no one came close to us. The only comparisons were Rome and Greece, ancient Rome and Greece. You know, and, and it's no mistake that you go to Washington and there's you know these big Grecian columns, look Roman. They look like Roman uh, buildings and Grecian buildings and temples. The reason why that is is because that was their model. They wanted to have a democracy, and they wanted to have a free people ruled by the people. And so 
They took that blank piece of paper and built the greatest country in the world. It, it, we, we invented the telephone, the computer, put a man in the moon, changed the world. And, and, and all of a sudden, a group of people you know, came along, and they started thinking they were better than everybody else. And the, you know, this elite class up on the East Coast, the Washington-New York corridor, thought they were smarter than everybody else. And they thought that they could come in, and they really didn't need to concern themselves with the working people in the United States because, after all, they were smarter, they had better jobs, and they were making more money, and they saw the future, and they could sit there and plan it out for us and, and manage our future for us. And the American people didn't and, – and it's not even that they didn't want it, but they felt like they were pushed aside, and they put in place rules, laws – ideas and strategies that basically shunted the American people aside. It was unbelievable what was happening in this country. And nobody gave a damn about the working people in the United States, Republicans and Democrats. And, you know, we had these globalists that came to power in this country over the last 15 years. And, and, and it was shocking to me that that what they did to the American people is genuinely shocking, and and who I believe fundamentally are the greatest, most kind-hearted people in the world, the hardest working people in the world, and and along comes Donald Trump, and Donald Trump said he was going to stand up for these people, and the and these people believed in Donald Trump. They went into the polls, convinced Donald. Well, they believed in Donald Trump. They were hopeful. A lot of them didn't think it was even possible because the media, the East Coast media, were so con- did such an incredibly good job, quite frankly, of convincing the American people that Donald Trump had no chance, and their only hope was the establishment elite to save them. And they and and the American people soundly rejected those th- th- that thinking. It, it it was a miracle. The, the world has changed since Donald Trump came in, and this is a revolution. Make no mistake about it. In and 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 I think Donald Trump fundamentally understood that. And so the world is going to be a different place going forward. And the American people are going to be put in place. They're going to have a seat at the table. Uh, and. And this is something that has gone on for thousands of years where people have – you get a group of people either through lordships, kingships, and, uh, or other, other ways, and everyone else are serfs. And this is the pro- – this has gone on. This battle has gone back and forth for thousands of years. I mean, you, you know, we time and again, time and again. And the last thing you ever want to happen is a French Revolution where they go and kill them all off at the top or, or, or the, the Bolshevik Revolution in, in, uh, in Russia. And, and so, but our democracy is set up so we can have a change and, and the government is always changing. It avoids that problem. And this is what happened this time is, so, so we had a revolution in this country to, to, to push these people out of power and, 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 it, and it worked. And Donald Trump is there. He's putting people in place, conservatives in place. Uh, not, yeah, I'm not happy with everyone he's putting in, but he's putting in a lot of good people. And things are fundamentally starting to change. A couple big things happened this week that's going to affect your portfolios, and that's why I want to talk to them with Donald Trump today. Uh, one, uh, first of them was the, 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 he went to the carrier plant. And I listened to the thing, and it was a remarkable speech. Donald Trump got up there and he said, look, you know, when I was talking about, you know, uh, we were going to stop these factories from leaving, I wasn't talking about the carrier plant when I was here. I meant in the future. And But then he said, I saw a worker from the carrier plant going, you know, the, the factory is going to be saved because Donald Trump has won. Well, nobody, including uh, that Vice President Pence said the ship had sailed. You know, we had no chance. But Donald Trump saw that person. And he said, you know, I got to do something for these people. He picks the phone up, calls the chairman or the the CEO of uh, United Technology, the parent company of Carrier, and says, look, we need to sit down and talk on this issue. And they were able to come up with some incentives, which I I really think the incentives, quite frankly, were really truly a fig leaf for for United Technology. They were going to put that – they were going to do something to that plant one way or another, and they knew it And uh, because Donald Trump called them up. And they got back about a thousand jobs. 
and it was a huge it, it, it so Donald Trump goes back to the factory and he says, "Look, we've got this. We that is a message to the working people of this country is I'm going to fight for you." It was a huge message. In that talk, he said companies would not be moving jobs out of the United States and closing factories without consequences to the other CEOs. Make no mistake, there's a good number of the CEOs in corporate America were watching that speech. You know, don't kid yourself where they got a a they got a synopsis of that speech from their from their you know their either their lobbyists their consultants their their government relations people or whoever most of them the vast majority I promise you got a synopsis of that speech they now know that they're going to have to you know it's going to have to be a pretty good reason to move a factory outside of the United States or they know there could be some consequences and they're not sure what consequences they're going to be but they're going to be a little bit cautious now. The trade-off is they're going to get lower tax rates. They're going to get deregulation, which is a good deal for them. And so this, which means they can build factories, R and D, build things in the United States cheaper because less government regulation. So there's a little bit of a trade-off, kind of a carrot in the stick. But make no mistake about it, that was a big speech. And you know, I thought about that after the speech. Do you realize for at least the last eight to eight to probably 15 years, no president has picked the phone up and called the CEO as they were transferring hundreds and hundreds of factories out of the United States and asked them to say, not one single president did it. Donald Trump, president-elect, did it. And that that sends a big message. Uh, Then, later that night, he had another speech where where he, he laid out the case. He went after the press. He laid out the case for the vision. He wanted Americans to think big again. The United States was going to come back to what it once was. He laid out a case. Why did he do that? A couple things. He is consolidating power. And by that, the the talk is Donald Trump doesn't have the majority uh, of the Americans and Hillary Clinton got a few more votes. Understand, as we talked earlier, when people went into that voting booth, they did not think Donald Trump had a chance to win. There's, I don't know what the number is. It's probably three to five percent at least of the American people thought, well, Trump has no chance to win. I'm just going to vote for Hillary so I can say I went with the winner. I, there's a certain percentage of people that do that or that were sitting on a fence. What he's doing with these speeches is he's corralling that extra three to five, and it's probably closer to 10 percent of people sitting on the fence that kind of like Donald Trump or were mad at Donald Trump. or whatever. He's consolidating those people to get behind him. And, and and so that was a so he's pulling the people that didn't vote for him that were sort of sitting on the fence, the 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 hardcore Democrats, the fanatical never Trumpers. You're not going to get those people back, but the rest of them you're going to consolidate power. So what's unique about that second speech is, is that Donald Trump is consolidating power and typically during this time frame between the election and the, and the inauguration you know most of the president elects are quiet they're not doing anything they're resting up they're trying to get their cabinet going they're hoping to get their cabinet in by the you know by in the next 3 weeks Donald Trump's probably 2 or 3 weeks ahead of those people but Donald Trump is cons- Donald Trump realizes the election didn't actually end and the reason it didn't exactly end was because the press and this is why he's attacking the press. The press did such a good job of trying to discredit him that he has to get those people that were buffaloed by the press onto his camp, which is a pretty easy thing to do to say, hey, come on in. This is my plan. And they're going to all jump in with him. And that's why you saw that second speech. It's a brilliant plan and it's a it's a brilliant proposal what he's done. So. So he is consolidating power. He's gaining power, which is very unusual during the transition period. You're not – rather than seeing remorse, which sometimes you do on a buyer's remorse in elections, you're seeing instead the revolution is growing in scope. And so this is a very interesting thing. This has big things for your – 
for your savings, your investment for the economy, because people are starting to get excited. They're starting to think, hey, we can do something in the United States. Hey, we can get this economy going. Hey, we can hire people. Hey, maybe my factory's not going to close. Maybe I can spend a little more money. Maybe I do have a future. Maybe my kids have a future in the United States. That's a massive thing. This is a fun, a huge shift in the thinking of the United States. In many ways, the American people in the United States have been suffering from Stockholm Syndrome, where, where what's happened is they've been captured by the Democratic left, the media, and the Obama administration, and they've, they've, been, they've been told so many times they can't get ahead, so many times that they're losers because they're Americans, so many times that, that the American is a bad place to be and America's a bad country. They're starting to believe it. That's coming to an end. The American people are coming out of their hypnosis from the Obama administration, and great things are coming. You got any questions or comments? 713-339-1070 right here on the Max Out Savings Show. If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. We return now to the Max Out Savings Show. Here's Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. We're talking savings investments in your retirement. By the way, if you haven't gotten on the free Max Out Savings Report, we're going to be writing some more coming up. We're going to be writing another. It comes out about once a month. We talk about savings. We talk about investments. Our motto is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. And we've talked about all we were taught. We were predicting the Trump the Breck, um, we said Trump was an American Brexit back in June, before that even, predicting this was going to happen and uh, have a lot of interesting things on there, common 401k mistakes, all types of neat stuff about savings investments in the world today. Uh, and it's free. Just go to the website at maxoutsavings.com and sign up for the free report. So let's take a call uh, to Charles, from Charles from 713-339-1070. Charles, what's up? Uh, yes, Ted. I've got a question that has to do with financial advisors. Okay. And uh, what I'm what I'm trying to understand here, because I'm not, I'm not, uh, since I'm not a financial advisor, I don't know all the requirements of what they can and cannot do according to FINRA and the SEC and everything. But <clears throat> it, it, obviously, when if someone were to hire a financial advisor, probably the first thing that the financial advisor would do is to obtain a risk profile of the individual first and, you know, get the background information. Yeah. But that said, what I'd like to know is, is when you go to a financial advisor and after all that has been vetted out, uh, can the financial advisor tell you what, based on what your risk profile is, for the clients that he has that fits your risk profile what his performance has been in the past for on average with his clients 
What can he disclose and not disclose? Yeah, uh, here's the, the yeah. This is an interesting thing, and there's two t- two types of there's financial advisors and then there's brokers. The financial advisor has a fiduciary duty to you, the client. The broker has a fiduciary duty to you, the client, and a fiduciary duty to the bro- to the to their brokerage firm. We're we're financial advisors, just there, and so, and, and so. What they can do is they can give you a track record. Typically, it has to be audited, and uh, or they can give you some kind of guidelines. Of generally, this is this is what we what we do. This is what we've done. Those type to what to expect in different types of markets. The, the, the as far the risk profile. The one thing we differ a little bit, and and and, and I differ really in my thinking uh, on on risk profile type of stuff is. What what I've found is is most people have a certain type – for savings, we think most people are in the same conser- reasonably conservative basket. And, and the danger is is when people just get too conservative or, or think they're too they're, – they're real big aggressive. You know, yeah, I can take risk. I'm in the stock market. You know, I'm, I'm a long-term investor. And then you get a 2008, a 1999, an 87, a – Ninety nine, uh, actually ninety eight crisis, uh, and, and, and you know they're down thirty, twenty five, thirty, fifty percent, and they just panic. And so, what our strategy is more of look, let's try to mitigate the risk and just run a much more conservative portfolio. I think where I where I think what where risk really the risk profile really comes in is on the saving side. And what we try to do is when we sit down with people, and this is what you should do yourself is, is Rather than looking so much, you sh- some people think since they're behind in their savings, they have to take more risk. And the, and 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 the, the the answer, Charles, is you should really take let you should save more money. And, and oftentimes in our sit downs with people, it's you, you you probably need to work a little longer. You're not in bad shape, but you need to save more money. You need to cut back your expenses. And, and and save more money, or hey, you're in really good shape. Uh, you can retire anytime you want. That that's where it tends to come in. We differ a little bit because some people have different risk profiles, and you're in the you're in the aggressive camp over here. We have an aggressive portfolio here. You we have a conservative portfolio. D- does that help? Is, is is that giving somewhat of type of answer? You well, want? Uh, okay. What I'm asking, and you kind of touched on it because you said that because uh, most people. When they select an advisor, obviously a lot's got to have to do with the performance that that advisor has done for other clients. Uh, through word of mouth, people say, well, this, this particular advisor is very good. I mean, I've, I'm extremely happy with them or whatever the case may be. So performance, and you touched on it by the fact that you said something about that, I guess, if anything is disclosed, it has to be audited. Now, to that extent, I'm asking this not so much for an advisor like an individual per se, but I'm looking at it from the standpoint of people that own 401ks. And there are some companies, and I'm just going to use one as an example, this financial engines that is usually hired by companies to come in and basically help employees manage their 401ks. Now, yes. this company or companies like it, will come in and they will, based on what options are available for the employee, they will come in and make, for a quarterly fee, make recommendations as to where that employee ought to put his money based on a certain risk profile, whatever. The problem, or whatever I see here, is is that when I've, when I've come across these companies, I typically ask them, I say, okay, you've been in existence for... 10 years or 15 years or whatever, what has been your track record in terms of, on average, with all of the companies and 401Ks that you've, you've had to, to, to put people in, what has been your track record in terms of you've, you've, you've used these high-power algorithms, et cetera, to forecast a return? What, how, how did these people actually do compared to, your, to, to what you put them in? But inevitably, they don't either share that information or they say we we don't we can't. And I don't know if it's because of FINRA or SEC regulations, or is it because they just they uh, don't want to share it? Or uh, no, here here's what that is. 
that's typically they're running these different programs and they're back testing the programs and the back and this is what they're getting in the back testing and they're not really client portfolios. Uh, a lot of mutual funds out there run a, a uh, run a whole bunch of model portfolios, and then one when one does well over five years, they make that that the mutual fund, and that's the track record. And so when you ask what cli- typically the clients weren't actually in those portfolios. So so I guess the thing of it is because these people are brought in by companies, you know, the Exxon's or whatever the case may be, uh, and it's an it's an option for the employee. The employee doesn't have to take it, but if the employee decides to let this alpha come in and manage their portfolio, then they, they assess a quarterly fee. But in my mind, I wouldn't think an employee would want to just turn over a quarterly fee to somebody without seeing what the track record is. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. No, well, and that's what they're backtesting these portfolios. They're not actual client portfolios, and that's why you're getting that answer. The, Charles, the reason they're bringing these in is because the government, particularly this new fiduciary rule, which is absolutely frightening, and it really has nothing to do with fiduciary, It what they want is they want everybody into managed type of plan, uh, like robo-accounts, where they're automatically managed by computers. That's what the government is pushing people into. Yeah. And, and a, cu- my, a couple thoughts on that is I've been in this business well over 25 years, and our main business is people rolling over money from 401k plans. And We, we get people with millions of dollars coming in in these plans, and I, I've seen it for decades. They didn't have any any type of plan at all. They just put the money in, in, in good stocks and bonds, and they, they did really well. But the government is saying, well, you have to Exxon, why are, you know, how do we know that these people aren't being taken advantage of or, or doing the wrong thing? You need to have this option, this rowboat thing in there. And the problem is, and this goes back to my days when I worked for Wall Street, you know, some big Wall Street firms, you know, they, they actually weren't the biggest. They were some of the boutique ones, which were really good. And, and they'd come in with these programs. Inevitably, they'd work for a year or two and they'd blow up because things are always changing in the world. Uh, the, the mistake the Federal Reserve makes, the, the mistake all these people make is money is not fluid mechanics. It is, it is, it's almost, it's it's a human based thing, and, and it, it it acts irrationally, it acts unexpectedly. And these programs cannot react when things change. They couldn't react in two thousand eight and two thousand nine when the markets collapsed. They they can't react in long. You know, we we had the uh, James Rickers. Uh, he guy was the. Uh, the lawyer for uh, long-term credit that nearly took down the financial system. These were the they had two or three uh, Nobel Prize winners on their thing, and it right. blew up. And so, none of these programs work. If you get a, a market like we've had in the last six years, where six or seven years, where it kind of just went up or stayed the same every year, with the Fed flooding the system with money, those programs work real well. But when things change, they don't work. But to answer your question is. The problem is with a lot of those robo-programs and these other things out there, they're run on back-test, and then they give you an audited, back-tested track record, but it is not of clients. Yeah, that, that's ex- kind of exactly what I, what I see, too, uh, Ted. I, I, I kind of share your same sentiment on this as well. Okay, well, I appreciate that info. That's, that's pretty good insight. Yeah, excellent call and question, uh, Charles. Thank you very much. Yeah, this is something you're seeing a lot of them out there. Really, with with the uh, with the robo advisors and these different programs. Uh, now, now, look, if you want to use them, to pay a little bit of money to use them. Fine, I wouldn't discourage it. But where you have to really keep your guard up is if things start changing, interest rates start going up. They've been going down for thirty years. Things start changing. These things usually aren't real good. And one of the other problems we're getting a, a massive correlation in different asset classes, and and so. You're going to have to be able to think out of the box going forward, I think. Uh, what, what We were talking earlier. I, by the way, if you have any questions or comments, 713-339-1070. Big story happened Friday. Big story. Most people didn't catch it all. Uh, Donald Trump took a phone call from the president of Taiwan. And uh, that's a huge deal. And the Chinese, this was like an earthquake to the Chinese. The Chinese are like, what? What happened? What? He took a call from what? What we've had since China opened up, the over, particularly over the last 15 or about 20 years is, the deal is, is look, we'll let Americans, we'll let American companies come into China. Uh, you can come in here. Uh, a couple things we want. You can't talk that Taiwan can't be viewed as a country. 
So you can't talk to the president. Uh, you can't speak to the Dalai Lama because we've invaded. Uh, what, what is what is the country? Nepal is Nepal. I think Nepal. And uh, and so you can't talk to the Dalai Lama. Uh, if you come into the country, you have to share in many cases your technology so so the Chinese companies can be on a fair playing field. And it's been one rule after. And so the Chinese set the ground. And so all the American companies went to the Commerce Department. They went to the president. Look, you've got to do all this because we've got to get in China. It's the greatest place in the world. And so the U.S. government has has basically played by China's rules. Now, let, let, let me give you some numbers here uh, to take a look at. China, let's see, you can see me flipping through papers here. Uh, hold on just a second. Uh, I should get Ryan to play some music while we're sitting. Uh, China is the, the, the number one trading partner with the United States. Here's what I'm looking for. Is basically between the EU and Canada, depending how you define EU. But uh, the, 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 the biggest, uh, we import, export more to Canada, which is one of our biggest trade partners. And, uh, and then number two is really, uh, it's actually number one candidate. Number two is China. And the, the trade deficit uh, with Canada is about $35 billion a year. With, with the EU, it's somewhere between 100 and $140 billion a year. Uh, we do about two hundred seventy-six billion dollars in business with with EU, uh, three hundred twelve billion dollars with Canada, two hundred forty billion dollars worth of imports. Uh, we we export to these places two hundred forty billion dollars to 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 Mexico, China. We export one hundred thirty-five billion dollars. They import to the United States four hundred forty sixty-six billion dollars a year in two thousand fifteen. We have a $343 billion, and it's closer to $400 billion deficit this year, I think, uh, trade deficit with China. Our trade deficit with Europe is only $140 billion, $135 billion to Canada. Even Mexico is only $35 billion trade deficit. And, and so what we've sat here and done is, is we have a country – that has set the rules that we have to 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 abide by to do business in China. We have to, you know, uh, uh, put Ch- Taiwan aside. We have to give them our intellectual. We have to allow them to steal our intellectual technology. And we have to uh, companies if they want to do business in China have to have a majority Chinese partner. It's one thing. China has completely set the rules for doing business in China. We said that's okay. Well, let me ask you something. A three hundred and fifty to four hundred billion dollar a year trade deficit to China, which means they're getting four, three to three hundred fifty to four hundred billion dollars more business to us. They're making off of us, and they're setting the rules to us. It should be the other way around. We should be setting the rules for China to get this much trade coming into the United States. What did Donald Trump do? He brilliantly said, "Look, hey." You're no longer setting the rules, China. We've been played. We've been played for fools by China. I, guys, I got to tell you that. Take a look at the numbers. Any way you look at it, China. Here's some of the things they do. They, they have a number of things. They have preferences for their own industries. Big preferences. They have restrictions of access to the Chinese market. They have national champions. They have inconsistent regulation. They have no pollution control laws. No safety laws in China. And and yet they come over and companies – we have American companies that can do business in every country on planet Earth, including Iran in some cases, and they, they don't have problems. And then they go into China and they can't – and we've talked about in the show, crack the code in China. Uber couldn't get into China. Google couldn't get into China. Uh, how many other countries? Facebook couldn't get into China. None of these people can get into China. Uh, McDonald's is selling off all their franchise uh, store, the, the stores they own in China be, to, to someone else. Be, and it's going to be like a Carlyle Group in a Chinese company. Yum spun off their Chinese operations into it, ch- which is Yum is Taco Bell and uh, KFC. Uh, what else do they have? 
the, the you know, but they're spinning off their operations in China. Nobody can make it work in China. The re- it's not a level playing field. Donald Trump is changing the game. We've got $400 billion worth of business that we can get back. So this is a game changer, and this is going to affect multinationals. So understand it. Tell you what, you, we'll be right back. you got a question or comment, 713-339-1070 in the Max Out Savings Show. The Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioca will return after these messages. This is Ted Gioca, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of the morning show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. The Max Out Saving Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. We're talking savings investments in your retirement. Uh, you got any questions or comments, 713-339-1070. And by the way, if, if you need some help with your IRA rollover, uh, with your some of your savings, that's what we do at Max Out Savings Advisors with our value investing approach. Go to the website, maxoutsavings.com, and you can set up an appointment with me. Let's take a call from uh, Easy. Hello? Hi, Ted. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I um, wanted to make two comments on two things. Um, going back to what you said about Donald Trump and him getting trying to get people in into the fold that were not sure about him and all that. Yes. And I'm in agreement with you 100%. The one thing that I think I'm very concerned is I think we did bit the bullet right now, and we saved this country temporarily by voting for Donald Trump. Yes. But my main concern is the education. If we don't take care of that right now, all of these millions and millions of little American children are being indoctrinated, and we're going to have this problem and probably duplicate it or triplicate it in the future. This country may be lost eventually if we don't take care of that right now. That's my, I think, my biggest concern. Yeah, look, I think that that's actually an excellent point, and I think uh, the uh, was Mrs. Chow. I think they they put in head of education. She turned around Washington D.C. schools. I think these people get that. I think you're going to see with the education uh, cab people in the cabinet work. They're going to start working to that, and I, I think that I think you're going to see some pressure put on universities. Is if you don't have, uh, there should be. There should there shouldn't be discrimination against conservatives in the faculty. If there is, then you, you need to start looking at maybe removing some of the federal money they're getting. 
They need to make sure that this core thing is eliminated or adjusted. Yeah, the common core, yes. And we need to make sure that, that I mean, the real history of the world, the history of the United States, that, that the kids are really truly getting a true education with, with the real information and not indoctrination. Then my second point on uh-huh. retirement is, uh, and I, I'm calling you basically because I want young people out there to hear what I have to say. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything to retire on other than my house and my Social Security, so I'm in big trouble here. We dipped in, my husband and I, may he rest in peace, we dipped into the 401K every time we had emergencies or things that we needed to just urgently pay. And I think that's the worst thing that we can do or you can do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that is absolutely true. And I'm telling this so that the young people out there can hear me. They don't listen to you sometimes or your pa- or their parents. Their or parents, their friends. yeah, I know. And the, my kids don't listen to me. But at least if I can reach out to young people out there, it's critical and important that you save for your future. Just because you're young doesn't mean you're going to live forever. And you will need to, as the future is uncertain, you need to prepare yourself for your old age. And if you can give some advice to all of those folks that are in trouble, <laughs> um, other than saving, what do you recommend? And I'll hang up and listen. Okay, uh, that's that's a good question. And yeah, it's with, with kids. It's sometimes their parents aren't the best, you know, aren't their best source for information. But look, I, I think you had an outstanding point. If you don't have any money saved outside of your plan, 401k plan, you're probably going to come out ahead. You really, that's the last thing you want to touch. And the other thing is I'm putting together a max out savings report on what to do with how to control your expenses to, to lock everything in for inflation. So, so if you don't have a lot of money saved up, how you can get through retirement. So that's going to be coming out here in the, in the near future on, on that subject. But when you don't have very much to save for retirement, then the important thing is to lock in is as much as your expenses now so inflation won't catch you in the future. And then we have to make sure we protect Social Security. Good good call. Let's take a call from Tom. Hello, Ted. Tom, how are you doing? Uh, I had a question about interest rates, but before I get there, I'll just comment about your comments about Trump and China, and I thought that was great. It, it's like there's a new sheriff in town. We are not beholden to China. We're going to do what we think is uh, – best for the U.S., and, and he's just following through with what he's been talking about the whole campaign. I mean, he's already done it with the factory up there, the carrier, and now he's doing it with China. He's, he's kind of putting them on notice, and I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, while you were talking, I, I was curious, you know, our trade deficit with, we have a trade deficit with Taiwan, too, but it's much smaller, obviously, because they're a smaller country, but if you look on a percentage basis, you know, it's like 20%, not 300 percent yeah no it's like it's about so, 13 or 14 billion yeah. yeah of course again they're a much smaller trading partner but anyway I thought uh, I certainly agree with you there and uh, and he's definitely sending some some messages to these folks and he's not dilly dallying he's getting right in it um, interest rates uh, you you know you've been talking about the risk in the bond market for quite some time now and I certainly agree with you. Um, and obviously rates have jumped up probably, I don't know how you feel, I mean, in my mind, probably quicker than I, than I thought. I knew they were probably a risk and that they'd go up. I don't know if you felt like they would go up this fast uh, or where they have to go. But I thought they'd think? go up pretty quickly, uh, but they're probably ahead of even what I thought. Uh, you know, we, we really thought that, that – uh, we're going to see something, and, and I think we've been seeing selling out of China, and you could see that accelerate a little bit because China's kind of spooked right now. Yeah, so I guess the magic question is, at what point do you think they've gone up to a point where maybe we, we start to get back in? Uh, you know, I think near for a, for a short-term trade, maybe in the next week or so, they, they kind of plateau, but you've got to be careful on what – if if, if if we get to three to four percent growth rate, you're going to see a three percent ten year pretty quickly, okay, or or, or more. Wow. Uh, uh, Stanley Druckenmiller, who there's nobody out there that's got the track record this man has, he says uh, we could see six percent growth rate in nineteen and six percent treasuries. Uh, I, I think they have. I think interest rates have been artificially depressed. I think this has been a nightmare for savers in this country for the last oh, sure. eight years. And that and that uh, financial repression is coming to an end. 
And so still you want to be careful. You can maybe do a short-term trade if they run up a little more. No, I tend to be long-term. And, you know, it's like, you know, even for the long-term, I mean, they've taken a big jump. And, you know, I was like, well, I've been kind of cautious and certainly following, you know, some of your advice there, what I've heard. Uh, but at some point, you know, what time do you get back in? And uh, certainly wasn't uh, what you just said about how high they might go is, is a little shocking to me. Uh, what time frame? Is that something in the next year or two years? Uh, look, I think you can out? get sometime 3% sometime next year. Wow. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, and, and the other thing is I, I think the longer term, look, you're, start, you're going to see inflation start coming back, I believe. And uh, and so that that's you're going to see the Fed raise rates probably on the 14th. Uh, uh, for for that meeting. And we're looking at tips in here now. I want to put those in the portfolio. I'm trying to find the right place to buy them. They've been selling off over the last couple weeks. Uh Uh, There's a lot, look, there's a lot of resistance in in the, in the 10 year right here at two and a half percent. Now, if it breaks through the two and a half percent, then it's going to three. Okay. Interesting insight. (laughs) It's always good to hear. Yeah, and by the way, if the market has a big sell-off, then the rates will come down some, and that's your trade, and then then they're going to go up again. Okay, okay. Well, thanks so much. Okay, thanks, Tom. Let's take a call from Oscar. Hello, Oscar. How are you doing today? Very good. Uh, Yeah, he was going to – you answered the question that I was going to ask. He he asked that first, so that's cool. I I like that. And the other (laughs) thing is, on the equity side, uh, are are stocks ahead of themselves right now? You think, or uh, I see them a little bit ahead of themselves. What do you see about equities? Yeah, look, I think they are to some extent. Uh, a, a couple things. Trump's remark to CEOs that if you move your your factories out of here, there's going to be consequences. Really, I, I think's got all those guys on notice. It's very smart about that. It, it, you know, try to shut this factory fleeing the United States to slow it down. Uh, the other thing is, I think this stuff with China is going to spook some people. Uh, the Chinese have talked to – I didn't read the story, but I know they talked to, to Kissinger. Uh, you know, I, I believe Kissinger's talked to to Trump. I, I don't know this for a fact, Oscar, or I haven't seen any indication of it, but, but my gut feel is is Rom, Kissinger might be recommending Romney as Secretary of State because that's coming from somewhere – and it had to be has to be someone of pretty big stature for for Trump to you know to sit there and go in with it, and, and so I think you're going to see a lot of the, the complexity in the world has skyrocketed, and it's not just because of Trump because everything you got problems in Europe, you got this European vote coming up, which which is uncertainty. You got the dollar rising, you got China in severe trouble over there, but but we have to stand up to the Chinese right now. Uh, you really have a lot of things. The best place to be in the United States, in the world, is the United States. We're the only growth engine in the world today that can pull this world out of a recession. And and, and then you have this thing with uh, Italy, uh, this referendum. Yes, they're they're hurting too. So uh, there's a lot of macro stuff out there still that's out churning out there. And so people should be somewhat liquid, shouldn't they? They should have some money on the. Yeah, look, right? I, I think you're going to see some type of sell-off in here. And what you want to look at the big here's here's what's happened. Okay, huge move in cyclicals, huge move in financials, sell off in in the high PE stocks, sell off in the in the, uh, the 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 all the the companies that that Apple places like that that do business in China are selling off some. Right. So no, I, I think you're on that, Ted. And uh, thank you for you know and happy holidays. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot, Oscar. Yeah. One thing we're watching we have we're not in it yet, but we're keeping an eye on the the drugs and medical sector. I think that's kind of interesting. Uh I came across a statistic that if you have a voluntary uh, auto-enroll in your 401k program, you have a 91% participation rate. If it's non-voluntary, non-auto-enroll, it's just voluntary, only 42% of the people in in 401k plans. I don't think people should have a 401k plan unless it's auto-enroll because I think you've got to get the people that are kind of the marginal savers to make sure that they're they're saving money as well. And what we're, we're going to have to do is we've got to sit there and we've got to save Social Security, which means they've been working, they've chained down CPI to help it out. They're going to have to get control of of the, the, the problem with uh, – with with people, you know, claiming that they're disabled and taking Social Security out early because it's draining Social Security. My thinking is regarding inflation is you want to hold off your Social Security as long as possible because it goes up about 8% a year. We'll talk about that at another time. But 
But that that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. Oh, oh I wanted to – oil is over $50 right now. I think some of the oil stocks are a little ahead of themselves. Uh, OPEC got a uh, – unexpectedly got a deal this week. Uh, the the uh, OPEC's cutting $1.2 million. The non-OPEC people are, are talking about cutting another uh, another 600000 This is very positive. We still have massive – programs coming on in in the uh, massive pro, massive uh, storage out there we we're, we're huge amounts of storage uh, over what we should be we're gonna have to work out off the storage over the next year before oil prices really go into the 60s and 70s and more so I think the trading range is still a about the OPEC deal in my mind brought the trading range up to about forty five to fifty seven dollars a barrel, I think in here now, and, and, and so that that's what it is. It, it most of the oil companies are making good money here, but they've had pretty big uh, pull, uh, comebacks. I would wait for a pullback on some of this stuff in the market because I think it's a little ahead of themselves overall. The couple other things we want to look at. Uh, but if you haven't signed up for our free newsletter, go to the website, maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. Is what our caller asked earlier. She doesn't have a lot of savings. What can we do? We're, we're, we're putting together a report. I've been touching on some of the subjects about how to sit there and lock in your expenses at retirement. And I think this is a this is something that's not well written about and understood. And I, I think this is one of the one of the real ways that you can sit there and get ahead. You could utilize this. Sometimes the how you do things, how you lay the groundwork for your retirement now, it's the, some, it's the stuff that it seems like small things now will, will, will snowball in the future, particularly with inflation. And locking in expenses, freezing your expenses at retirement is massive for, re, for, for, for your retirement savings. It can make the difference. You know, if you look at inflation over time, it it can double your retirement income in twenty five years. And you don't, and even if you don't have much savings, by locking in those expenses. So this is something huge. We're going to write about this in the Max Out Savings Report. We talked a little earlier about how it's very exciting for Donald Trump. He's turning the country around. They were frozen. They didn't know what to do. Commerce was stalled. Business is back on the table in the United States. But the important thing, it's back on the table to create jobs in the United States. We're going to go from corporate earnings per share. Uh, in in stock prices to GDP growth and job growth, those are going to be the measures in the future for what we do for 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 the economy in the United States. This is the big change. A lot of big changes are coming uh, over the next three or four months. Massive changes coming up, and you want to be able to profit from them. We're going to be writing about and talking about them on the Max Out Savings Report. So stick with us. Go to the website. Sign up for the report. If you need help managing your assets, you can sign up for an appointment with me as well. It's maxoutsavings.com. That's M-A-X-O-U-T savings.com. And, and remember, our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That That's really the key to building up your retirement. I talked earlier about a big story. I think we want to watch and see how this this uh, this Taiwan phone call plays out with China. It's going to be very interesting going forward here in the future. Tell you what, uh, the show's over here. We're done for the day. Uh, I appreciate you listening to the Max Out Savings Show, and we'll see you next week right here. This has been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Produced by Doug Harris and Noisemaker Communications. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka on AM 1070. The answer. Good luck, good luck.